two years after the release of Avengers Endgame, we now have to ask, should superheroes in films be resurrected? Adventurers, join us for an all-new episode. Greetings, adventurer, and welcome to the Surly Nerd. Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the show. We are the Surly Nerd, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week is our producer, Tony. Hey. And our co-host, Hector. Hello. This week on the show, after the news, we're going to be talking about superhero resurrection in film and whether or not that's a good or a bad thing. But before we start... Don't forget that you can head over to patreon.com slash the surly nerd, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. Now, with all that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, adventures of all ages, it's time for The Prelude. Prelude. All right, this is The Prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start this week because... Obviously, we have our other podcast, The Outlaws Outpost, and that is a podcast centered around uh, the Overwatch League and specifically the Houston Outlaws, which is our favorite team. Um, and there's a lot of things that we've already said on the podcast, the couple that we've already recorded and put up that you can find on Spotify and across uh, podcast providers. But I did want to take a mention to say, hey, the Overwatch League has started and my God, the Houston Outlaws this year. It has been a beautiful thing. That is three years of being fans of a sports team, and it's not been good. But they have not been great. Nope. <laughs> there was that one, one section. They've certainly had their moments. Yeah, there's there's moments. There's that yeah. one moment where they were like undefeated for one uh, quarter, quarter. I can't remember how they were doing chapters or whatever. Yeah, you know, it, yeah it, it was at the, the very beginning of the very first very league. first year in yeah. the second chapter of the first year. I yeah. can't. It was four chapters. I don't know what the fuck the chapters were called, but yeah. the actual name was. But, but they were trying they to figure it out. Had one really awesome chance mm -hmm. a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Since yeah. then, it's been rough. It's been yeah. rough being a Houston fan. Mm -hmm. But this year. Well, I mean, we took not only took down Dallas in the very first game of the year. Right, which, I mean, did, did we, us beating Dallas is a big deal. Not because Dallas is so good, but because we almost never beat them. Yep. And it, it's kind of like, a, it's a, honestly, it's been a point of shame. Not it, anymore, bitches. Yeah, and uh, we seem to beat them when we actually do the true battle for Texas. There's one of those every year that mm -hmm. they do. We beat them during that, but if we, beat, if we play them during the actual seasons, we yeah. tend not to. Right, which is why we expect to beat them during the regular season and then we don't and everyone's yeah. like huh and then on top of that Houston played the San Francisco Shock which was the two-time champion of the Overwatch League and they were ranked like number one yep Houston was ranked like 17 mm -hmm. and we rolled up in there and just wrecked them yeah they did not see us coming whatsoever god uh, that was an amazing I mean match. I don't see how going to map six equals wrecking okay equals nearly losing <laughs> to the point of going to the furthest possible. I would say the Dallas game was closer than the shot game. That's true. But yeah, Overwatch League is back. Been watching that. Been super hyped. Uh, if you're curious about the Outlaws, we do the other show, The Outlaws Outpost. Uh, it's really fantastic. I get together with a bunch of people from the Lone Star Vanguard, and we just talk about the Overwatch League, and we talk about the Houston Outlaws specifically. So that was a lot of my weekend. I have something else that we'll, we'll chat about here in a minute. But Tony, what have you been doing this week? 
Uh, let's see. I'm actually uh, I'm covering two weeks worth because we missed a week. Mm-hmm. So I just I've got random notes here. Uh, Mortal Kombat because I think we're watching that tomorrow. Tomorrow, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I watched Mortal Kombat's Legacy: Scorpion's Revenge, which was an animated movie that oh. came out in like. 2019. I was okay. gonna say, with all those subtitles, yeah. there's no way that's live action. Yeah, no, it's too many, too many words. <laughs> obviously, animation. <laughs> but uh, there's actually quite a few um, Mortal Kombat animation movies that I've watched and I'm going to watch. Mm-hmm. They're on HBO Max, mm-hmm. and I kind of watched this one in preparation for the new movie. Mm-hmm. And oh man, that's so much real, really cool history lore stuff of Mortal Kombat. Yep, that's just dumb as shit and no one knows about <laughs> well here's the thing like like let's take a movie like um army of darkness right which is how i entered the the the, the evil dead series mm-hmm. and you look at how campy it is and how silly it is and how much fun you had watching it and then you, most people don't go i need to know everything about katana <laughs> like, like it, it, no yeah. one cares about the lore. Everything's really silly. Mm. No one needs to know like the deep backstory of Ash. Every, it, it's just fun. Well, no, just no. Watch the fun thing. The premise play the of fun the, game. There's, there's these different realms, and they have to have a battle, which is to the death, mm. and for some reason. Like, no one ever dies. Yeah, and let's please yeah. consider that, like, like for a multi-realm giant tournament, humans are vastly overrepresented here. <laughs> There's, crazy. like, two demons and a weird three-armed alien thing, and that's about it. A yep. couple robots. A couple robots. Everyone yep. else is just a magic human. One's yep. a lightning god. Mm-hmm. Still a human. Uh, let's see. Um, on Hulu, there was a really cool... Um, sci-fi Lovecraftian time travel movie that I watched called uh, Intersection. It's an indie movie. Um, so kind of low, not the greatest budget mm-hmm. overall though, for a time travel movie based on Lovecraftian horror. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Right. Yeah, I, cool. Intersection. It's on Hulu. I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, Sounds that good. Out. Uh, there's actually a bunch of other Hulu like, where, that's where all the movies that no one has watched go to is on Hulu. I think sure. that's where they live right now. Yep. And there's some really cool I've back of the few. movie shelf yeah. stuff. A and few back of the... Yeah, yeah. Like like back shelf at the blockbuster type yeah, movies. Those movies like, that like Robot Jocks, which yeah. I think is finally on fucking Hulu. Mm-hmm. Or on uh, the Netflix. Netflix, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the way, everybody who hasn't watched Robot Jocks, watch it and you it's might understand a, wait, why I'm the, insane. Wait, that's the... Um, that's the... Uh, Fucking Wolverine, I lost his no, name. No, no. This robot is the, Jocks. The original is Robot Jocks is like bad. Oh, the original Robot Jocks. Yeah. That I've definitely never seen. I was thinking mm-hmm. about the, uh, the the Hugh Jackman one. Yeah. No, that's 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 uh, similar, but not... Uh, I mean, in the fact, there's fighting robots. Gotcha. But um, <laughs> this is giant mechs fighting for territories of the remnants of Earth. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah. Just watch sure, giant yeah. mechs fighting yeah. each other. And it's one, it's one of the movies that like... Made my childhood. Um, the other thing is the show The Nevers. I watched the first two episodes. Uh, this is Joss Whedon's new show on... Yeah, I really want to see it, but also it's Joss Whedon. Everything yeah, he that's... touches turns to shit, but I'll give it a try. I want to... I'm going to give it three... Another episode mm-hmm. before I give you all any more information about mm-hmm. it, but that is one thing that I am watching, so if anybody has any questions for us, hit me up uh, on our... At the Surly Nerd or whatever. If you, if you have any thoughts about The Nevers, because I am giving it three episodes to see how I feel about the show and then I'm going to read more about it okay. and see what other people like. Okay. I, can see I have that. my opinion right now, yep. but I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm holding on to it for the three episodes. Fair. 
Uh, Hector, what have you been doing this week? All right, let's see. Also reporting about two weeks worth, but I have a pretty short list. Um, I started playing a game called Ghost Runner. Mm -hmm. uh, Ghost Runner is, let's see... Um, you're looking at short story long, a runner in the case of like bit trip runner, but 3D in the case of uh, think like Mirror's Edge, right? Mm. Uh, the 3D runner, lots of obstacles, lots of things to vault over and run on walls around, and it's obviously built like a puzzle. Mm. Um, the difference between Mirror's Edge and this game is it is a runner, meaning you are running a specific obstacle course, and if you fuck up and die, you go back to the beginning and you start over. Mm -hmm. Very generous, um, like stop, like starting point but if you don't make it to the end you're starting from the beginning it also includes a lot of enemies to fight but enemy combat is literally like you have to click it at the right time mm -hmm. if you because you're a ninja you're you're a runner you're a ninja that's why you can run on walls you have a katana that's all you get you don't get a gun later or nothing at least as first far as third I know. person first person okay. very very first person and very fast so like you really need to dial your brain in mm -hmm. kind of like when you're playing doom and uh, like really quickly yeah. uh yeah kind of like that um Really great puzzles, really great. You feel accomplished when you finish the thing. And the first thing that happened when I finished the first stage was it showed me everyone on my Steam friends list who'd play the game and all of their times compared to mine. Ooh. So it like really like gets you going like, oh, should I do that level again or should I do the next one? I really need to beat Plate of Shrimp right now. Like, and that, that's, that's Ghost Runner. If that strikes your fancy and if you like Runners and if you like Mirror's Edge and the kind of parkour action system if you like cyberpunk this is a very cyberpunk okay. aesthetic game or if you like ninjas and if you like all those things together this is your game um i finally started watching solar opposites uh i really like it hey. i at, at first especially after only having seen the first episode like three times because i would fall off of it for like three months after <laughs> the first episode mm. um I finally like went in begrudgingly watched the next like three just right in a row. And then it was like, oh God, I'm hooked. What's going on with their terrarium? I want to know more terrarium <laughs> stories. Like, yeah, wonderful show. Um, uh, Tony's already said so several times. Uh, Solar Opposites is great. I f got into it because I rewatched uh, the last season of Rick and Morty because the next season got an announcement date, even though it's like two months from now. Right. Uh, I got to watch a, uh, a streamer play Returnal this morning. That is the PlayStation 5 exclusive uh, Metroidvania-esque roguelite sci-fi shooter word salad. Um, right, that's definitely word salad. That, that's a lot of, a lot yeah, of game. It, it, it's a lot of things that is this game. It looks amazing, and I can't wait to play it. I'd like to describe it more to you, but it's hard without there being much media about it right now. Mm. If you can find someone who played it, there's a lot of YouTube people who are like, hey, I got to play this for 45 minutes. Come look at my gameplay. I might have beat the first boss. I'm not sure. I died a lot. Like That's what most yeah. people are getting with it. Um, super, super fun. The last thing I did before we do our group thing is I saw the movie Nobody. Mm -hmm. Everyone go watch this fucking movie. What's the God. premise of it? I was hoping we were going to watch it together. What is, what is the premise of the movie? Okay, oh, so, man. Uh, the, the premise of the movie is think, and it's not exactly the same, and I won't spoil the specific plot details, but you can think of a Taken-esque formula. Um, however, this movie is starring Bob Odenkirk, and for, we all know who Bob Odenkirk is. Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, all the hundreds and thousands of hours he's put into comedy mm -hmm. over his life, and he's very, very funny. <clears throat> In this movie, he's very, very funny, and he's also Keanu Reeves in Taken. And mm -hmm. I cannot stress enough how fucking badass this is, how much fun this movie is. 
and um, just go watch it. There's nothing else I can say about it, but watch it. You will enjoy it. You will really want another one. Um, this movie also stars the RZA and Christopher Lloyd. So see this movie because y'all haven't seen those guys in a while either. <laughs> okay. And there was one group one that we have to mm-hmm. talk about here. Um, Hector, you have a Shutter account, I and do. I've been trying to get us to dive into the Shutter catalog a little bit. As a horror streaming service, I was looking for something fresh and new and original. Um, there is a movie uh, anthology horror film called The Mortuary Collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe started by a, a Russian writer. I don't have all the full details about it. Um, all the reviews were like, y- "You need to see this. Mm-hmm. If you if you pick something on Shutter." watch this anthology horror film and it opens up very uh classical 80s horror mm-hmm. you know a kid uh riding a bike goes very up, stephen king-esque yeah like mm-hmm. it looks like straight out of a, a stranger thing stephen king-esque thing where the kid rides his bike up to this mortuary and goes to take a picture of like the inside of the mortuary through the, like the the mail slot yep and this old man like you know comes to the door and he's just like super creepy and you're like oh this is our crypt keeper this is the one that's going to be telling us these stories um so you get five stories over the course of this and i don't want to spoil them but anthology horror is a tricky thing because not every story can land Mm -hmm. and my rule when it comes to anthology horror is that as, as long as one story lands with me the two hours was worth my time yep right that was the cost of entry i'm happy to be here um, so we get this mortician who is talking to this, uh, new hire and telling her the stories of the people that died. And these stories range from very simple revenge tales to Lovecraftian to just the really absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, what were y'all's impressions of the movie overall? I, um, just in general, I really enjoyed, well, Clancy Brown. Well, like that the, was the first thing I really enjoyed mm-hmm. <laughs> because like I didn't, I, I don't need many more Crypt Keepers in my life or right. dudes from the Twilight Zone. It, it, no offense to Jordan Peele, you're wonderful. But, um, you know, it's just, you, you You don't think, like, when you see another Crypt Keeper that you're going to be like, yes, because it's just like we don't, it, it, it's a fine-telling story device, but I never expect to, like, look at one and be like, yeah, new Crypt Keeper, this is great. Right. I'm just always, like, lame. Okay, he's a story plot device, whatever. Mm-hmm. But Clancy Brown in this role was amazing because it was Clancy Brown and he's amazing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it, it, it was a lot of fun. That, that was like the first thing, like my first big impression of the movie. As far as the stories go, they really, really turned me on my head. Mm-hmm. They start very, um, they start very obviously. Very obviously. and it, the Almost is, like they're making fun of you. Right. And the thing is, is about this movie without giving too much away is that you almost start making fun of the movie for how obvious it's being. And then the movie starts making fun of itself for how obvious it's being. Mm-hmm. Like it's like no, no, we get it. That's that's part of the joke, right? Like, like we're we're in on this, mm-hmm. and now we're going to start making more complex stories, right? It's not, yeah, it d- didn't stay that way. It started off like self-referential and like tongue-in-cheek and uh, almost as a comedy. Mm-hmm. And as the stories moved on, they got a little less funny, a little bit darker, and a little bit darker, and a lot more subversive. Yeah, Tony, what'd you think about it? Not too bad for an anthology horror. Yeah. It's not a reason to get a Shutter account, though. Sure. I could see that. It, it was fun. I mean, like, if I was on Shutter mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, an anthology thingy, I'd probably watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, overall, I really loved it. I think that uh, the more subversive it got, the more intelligent it got, mm-hmm. the more I was drawn into it. There's a story about a man who uh, is taking care of his dying wife. And there were parts of that story that were heartbreaking to me yeah. because that story, while it was a horror story and it had all the horror undertones, um, there are parts of the thing. And I don't want to, again, I don't want to spoil it. You, I almost wanted to cry at points because it is genuinely about a man who is loving somebody that he's watching die in front of him. And it, it was hard. It was like, damn, like you really fucking went for it. And mm-hmm. holy fucking shit, this is good. Like, this is a story about your personal hell that you're going through. And that, that fucking hit me. Yeah. Some stories can be, uh, so, uh, tragic that it's, uh, they become hard to empathize with. Mm-hmm. And the situation that you see in that story is one of those, but they still manage to make you empathize with the guy. And that's, that, it, I think that's it, a pretty it, it neat was, trick. It was a story that, you were watching it and you find yourself asking what would I do in his circumstance? Mm-hmm. Because it, there's no easy answer. Yeah. There's no easy answer to the circumstance he's in with her dying. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would recommend it. It's called the mortuary collection. It's not a lot of horror horror. It's not like jump out of your seat horror. It's not meant to scare you, mm-hmm. uh, but it is all very much horror and it very much will get to you a little bit, mm-hmm. but I, I recommend it. I think it was, I had fun with it and yeah. that's my biggest takeaway. Mm-hmm. I would show it to somebody if they were into horror and like anthology stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That's everything that we have for the prelude this week. We're going to take a small break. When we come back, we'll be going into the, our new segment in the weekly raid. <laughs> Hey, adventurers, welcome back to the show. This is the Weekly Radar News Roundup for the week. And kicking things off this week, Gabriel Luna, most well-known for playing Ghost Rider in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., has been picked up to play Tommy in the upcoming HBO series The Last of Us. He will be playing alongside uh, Pedro Pascal, who's going to be playing Joel. And both of these actors are from Texas. That are in, if you're unfamiliar with The Last of Us, those characters are Texan. Mm-hmm. There is one big difference between the characters in the video game and the ones that we're going to be getting on the, the live screen adaptation. They ain't white, y'all. Yeah. They, they ain't they, white they, at they, all. They ain't white, y'all. <laughs> um, but this is such great casting. It is. Like, and you know what? Uh, uh, knowing that they did well with Joel, and even if I hadn't known that... Uh, Tommy was a very concerning character. And without saying any stories, like, without saying any spoilers, I'm sorry, uh, Tommy as a character, especially between the two games, has a really incredible arc that if you took some time to focus on would look a lot like Joel's, to be honest. Mm -hmm. That's very true. I'm excited about everything they're doing for The Last of Us show. Um, they're taking their time with it. Obviously, they're working with Na- Naughty Dog. They're working with Neil Druckmann. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much. Uh, this casting of Pedro Pascal and Gabriel Luna, I mean, wh- by the way, watching their banter on Twitter yeah. has been great. Because, like, <laughs> uh, so um, uh, so Gabriel Luna's from Austin. And Pedro Pascal's from San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And when the announcement happened of Gabriel Luna being cast, suddenly it became these two Texan brothers that only like lived in air quotes, like yeah. 30 minutes apart. And yep. they're just like, 
my brother. <laughs> this is like they, they just like clicked immediately. Yeah. I was so happy because I was like, I want to see that energy on the screen with the two of them. Yeah. I mean, just imagine finding your co-star, the person who's going to play opposite with you and knowing that you probably grew up going to some of the same places, mm -hmm. you know, especially when you consider like, did they, they, they both floated the same river river, you know, mm -hmm. they both ate at the grits mill and green, you know, they, they both spent their summers, you know, doing cool stuff with music or, you know, yeah, there's, there's a lot of culture in these two cities. I'm actually curious, it, Tony, it, is you, because you haven't played the last of us games. Are you excited to actually check out the HBO show? Yep. Okay. That's, that's good. Very I, eloquent. I'm not, really interested in the story of the mm -hmm. game at this point because I just want to watch it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't really care to play mushroom zombie yeah. walking simulator mm -hmm. and I'd rather watch mushroom sure. walking simulator. Yeah. 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 That sounds I mean, it's, it's, it's basically, <laughs> yeah. a it's a movie in game form. Right. Really and, is. and I would say that my only thing that I would have to say, even though this is a very good news is that there's also been some news that Sony is wanting to make more last of us and like, things like that. And I'm worried that it's to capitalize on what they are forecasting as a positive um, review of the HBO show, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you can release a show in a game at the same time, woo, double dip. Right. But this is a bad idea. You know this, Sony. Let Naughty Dog do whatever they want. They've earned it. Yeah, let them just make uh, the TV show with Sony everybody. Sony also has to go with this, with the idea that they want to expand intellectual properties that they have to a larger degree to reach a wider audience that wouldn't necessarily go to the video game market to begin with, which is mm -hmm. why they're doing a show. Right. Which is why they're going to take more of their games and start trying to do other things with them because they have to do what Netflix is doing. They have to do what Disney's doing. I'm and, fine. And, I'm a hundred percent fine with them adapting all of their video games into TV shows. I don't give a fuck. I hope they find good people to do them. Yeah. I hope they find great actors to do them. Do not create video games to keep up with television. The time scale doesn't work. Yeah. You can create all the TV you want because it doesn't matter when it comes out to keep up with TV. Sure. I mean, yeah, shit, come on. That. Okay, well, also in HBO News this week, writer Adam McKay uh, opened up about the upcoming Parasite series, uh, which is based on the movie of the same name. Mm. Uh, a lot of us were a little bit worried that it was going to be kind of a one-to-one -one reinterpretation of the movie, but into a TV series. Um, according to Adam, it's going to be in the same universe as the movie, but it is going to be a completely original story. Okay. And of course, the the original director is working alongside them. Mm -hmm. They sit down with the writers every day and work within the universe of the movie Parasite, uh, which if you haven't seen the movie Parasite, it was a uh, like Oscar award-winning film. Yeah. yeah. One um, best pic the first foreign film to win best picture. Yeah. And it is very much a social commentary piece um, mm -hmm. about, you know, uh, well, it, it's about, about class. Yeah. It's, yes. It yeah. takes place in South Korea. Um, wonderful movie. I don't know why they would make more of it, but I assume if Bong Joon-ho is involved and gave his blessing, then he thinks it's a good enough story Well, during to tell. the initial interviews, Bong Joon-ho said that he had more to the story in the universe, but mm -hmm. it just didn't work for the two-hour film format. That makes perfect And this sense. could be an extension of that. Yeah. And I could see that. I just, like, in my mind, and this is my only reservation with it, in my mind, the movie was the message Mm -hmm. Like the movie exists to make you see a thing. Mm -hmm. And the movie definitely made me see that thing. 
So I'm not sure if the show wants me to see that same thing or more of the same thing or a different thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's... So many things. Yeah, well, my, my, my concern is that the show is there to make me see the same thing. And I'm like, but I saw it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and- well, let me say what they, it's in the same universe. I hope it's kind of like what Duncan Jones did with Moon and Mute, where those... Spoiler for those movies that no one's going to fucking watch except for me. <laughs> watch Moon. They're this. They're in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Like you don't find out until the end. You're like, oh shit, these two movies that are incredibly different mm-hmm. take place in the same ridiculous ass universe. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the movie, it totally makes sense. But that's when I have to look at it and go like, okay, if it's in the same universe, they're gonna be same, same, but like, yeah, they have to be so different to the point where you're like, oh, now I see where they're tied in. Mm-hmm. Clever. It has to it has to have a good payoff mm-hmm. to accept why it should be in. Why would you ever make a universe out of this movie? That's very the right. message is in the movie. Right. It right. Doesn't it kind of hits you over the fucking head with it? It's not subtle. No, it is not a subtle movie. <laughs> nope. It's um, quiet, but not subtle. Yeah. <laughs> so keeping the television train rolling, it was announced this week that the fourth and final season of Castlevania uh, will hit Netflix on May thirteenth. Now, while this is the end of cool. this series of Castlevania, the creators said they are open up to open to more Castlevania, just not this particular story. Like there's multiple games and they have different storylines with different characters and vampires exist over millennia. So maybe. <laughs> while, I, while there will never be enough of this version of Castlevania for me, because it is very, very good and I love it very much. Mm-hmm. Please, someone... Put an awesome animated show on Netflix called The Chronicles of Hector. I would <laughs> die happy because it is going to be awesome because he's a good character. Yeah. Make it happen. Well, Curse of Darkness was its own game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was the introduction of Hector as a character. And everybody looked at that game when it very first came out. And this is Xbox One, PS2 era. Mm-hmm. And everybody went, okay, well, the thing about this is that that's not a Belmont. Castlevania right. games are about Belmonts. Belmonts and Dracula. That's all Be- you can do. Right. That's, that's what it's about. And mm-hmm. then everybody played Curse of Darkness and went, hey, they put a little bit of Pokemon on my Castlevania. And I'm not mad about it, though. No, that's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. It's a good marriage. Yeah, so I mean, Hector's a great character. You could spin off from him. Obviously, Castlevania has ha- a lot of great characters. Has a timeline that I could recite to you right now, but I'm not going to because you guys would be very bored. We don't have that time, and I can even give you the revised timeline on top of that because they've edited the timeline like three different times. Um, but it is it, it has a timeline, That's and a we mm-hmm. have you know so many generations of Castlevania that we can do one or two seasons touching each of these Belmonts and like why is Dracula being resurrected this time or what's going on or maybe just maybe throwing this out there into the ether maybe they could work with Konami a little bit um, and do the 1999 Demon War that was supposed to happen in game form at some point can can we just never got a game for it can someone please just like walk up behind Konami Punch them in the back of the head and steal their IP. Please, like, please, like, just, just take just, it. Just, just, take just it. push them over, steal <laughs> like, their wallet, nice and run away. Right in the base of the skull, and then just like run away with the, the run license. away with the IP that they yeah. keep in their back pocket. Yeah. Just yeah. grab yeah. it. I'm just and gonna steal Obviously, Silent Hill and run. Tommy is a person that I can donkey punch. That, 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 I, I, I will a... cut the strings on their coin purse like Aladdin himself. <laughs> like if, if someone gave me the chance. <laughs> But yeah, this is really cool. I'm glad that Powerhouse isn't giving up on the Castlevania franchise. Obviously, it's very widely popular. Like when they announced this is the final season, the internet 
blew up. They're like, yeah. what? That's it? We're, th- we're only getting four? My only reaction is fucking Alucard crying meme. Cause yeah, because yeah, that's what that announcement deserved. Right, but as soon as that happened, they were like, oh, oh, oh we forgot to mention, like, we didn't say we're done with yeah. Castlevania. We're just, we have a story, yeah. and this is the end of that story. Yeah, we're not done animating, guys. We yeah. got lots, lots more in the back. So the uh, Duplass brothers, creators of the criminally underrated HBO anthology series Room 104, mm-hmm. are going to Showtime to make a new anthology series called Cinema Toast. The premise behind the show is a, quote, postmodernist reinvention of older movies that turns pre-existing imagery, imagery from the public domain on its head to tell brand new and unique stories. So... Breaking that down. Example. Example. (laughs) Yeah. The Duplass Brothers got really high and went, what is the cheapest thing that we can have available, which is free movies? Okay, so I no, no, I get it, but, but, but I, <laughs> so, need, I need an example. So as an example, I do, I don't, I can't, I can't. they're going to cover a wide range of genres. Uh-huh. In fact, one of the episodes is going to ha- be an episode that recontextualizes Night of the Living Dead to within the last year or so of America. Awesome. I have this, and I had this thought the other day about video games and about video game IP characters and about public domain. Cause we're well away from the American like 90 year cut, mm-hmm. right. From, uh, from like the public domain of hey, a we video got Gatsby game last character. Year. Right. I can finally turn my Gatsby fan fiction into a movie. <laughs> yes, you can all you want. Um, I want more of this for movies because just in general, like please let your IP become public domain, no matter what it is. I don't care if it's still making you money. It society is art grows. People grow as artists, the world and society get better when our ideas are free to be used and not restrained by laws. This is like the only libertarian thing I'm ever going to say. So, <laughs> so just, just suck it up right now. Mickey Mouse make money, yo. Yeah, no, he doesn't though. It, he, Mickey, no, Mickey no one's Ma- buying Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Mouse. We're burr. buying Disney, and Disney decided to present itself as having two little ears because of their old mascot. No one goes to the Mickey Mouse movie every year. We go to the fucking Marvel movies four times a year when we can. It's true. <laughs> We're so close. We're so close to Black Widow. But yes, please, more public, uh, more public domain characters. Younger than Mickey Mouse. And I would encourage every aspiring young new writer who wants to write stories to start writing crazy public domain fanfic and then repurpose it to sell your shit because all of that is going to make all of the art better and it's going to make old stories. Well, I mean, like Night of the Living Dead. Fifty Shades of Grey is still questionable, and that was definitely fanfiction. So for sure. But it started a conversation. It did start a con- <laughs> it, it definitely a started a conversation. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about this, though, because I love mm-hmm. the concept of them taking public domain works and kind of recontextualizing them and doing something very modern with them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really great stuff. Like, I, I, I just mentioned Gatsby. Like, Gatsby mm-hmm. just came up. Like, what would you do just if you had the Duplass brothers' budget? And you're like, so you've got Gatsby, but make it weird. Yeah. Or make it now, then make it weird. Or yeah. make it like super future sci-fi and everyone's, I don't know. Weird. Yeah, a- addicted to crazy drugs or something. I don't yeah. know. It's just Gatsby again. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, just Gatsby. Gatsby. I'd love- just show more of the underside of what was actually humanity during that time. And go like, yeah, we get that story, but here's you know this other horrible story. It's the same thing. It's just not with a really rich dude who's obsessing over his like cousin or some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I think the last time I tried to come up with a Gatsby story, never mind, I don't want to talk about that on the air. <laughs> that would just be awkward. Uh, so this week, Overwatch director Jeff Kaplan announced that he is leaving Blizzard after almost two decades of the company. 
Uh, Aaron Keller, who was a key developer behind Overwatch, will be stepping into his role to oversee Overwatch 2. So I have thoughts about this. I have a lot of thoughts about this. Yeah. This is a big deal because Jeff Kaplan was the man behind Overwatch. Mm -hmm. He was the one that made the vision of Overwatch what it is. Um, He was the one that was always on the videos every week saying like, hey, it's Jeff from the Overwatch team. I want to tell you what we're up to. And here's my, my problem and my concern with all of this. I worry that Jeff Kaplan was the one preventing microtransactions or aggressive microtransactions. I should right. say. It, it kept Overwatch from being monetized the way something like a Hearthstone is. Right. Or Call of Duty. Yeah. Right. I think that, that Jeff was the one that said, no, this is my game. We make money off of the loot boxes, but we only charge like very, I mean, like to buy a loot box in Overwatch, it's like pennies. Yeah. I think it's 10 for five bucks at this point. Yeah, and a, I think you get a hundred for it's something like, like 40 bucks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't care. That's not the model. No, they you, don't you get the loot boxes as you play the game. Right. You get all of it for free. Yeah. They give it away. I, in fact, the model I, now is owl. Right. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the thing about loot boxes and overwatch is you have to go out of your way mm-hmm. to buy those. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. I think Tony said that on the console, it's easier, but on the PC, like you got to go out of your it's way to buy loot boxes. Mm-hmm. Literally when you go to open one. Yeah. I mean the um, loot box every single time you open one. Yeah, I feel like the thing that sells Overwatch at this point is Owl. The the, the loot box thing is silly. I, I haven't had the idea to buy one in right. a very, very long time. And I play a lot of Overwatch right now because mm-hmm. Owl's going on. Yeah, but um, Jeff Kaplan leaving concerns me because I feel like it's Overwatch 2 is so close to launching. What made him say... I'm going to step back and go somewhere else. That's my biggest. I feel like there's something that happened behind the scenes and he's like, okay, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. There's no way he's not working just knowing who he is and like what he's put in so far. There's no word no way he wasn't working day and night on overwatch too. And like keeping an eye on what's happening in an owl and what's happening with the regular patches to the game that we play every day, Mm -hmm. just for the casual players sake. So with him leaving, without releasing Overwatch 2 and being like, okay, there I did it. Y'all are on your own, leaving of his own accord. Leaving now strikes me as something bad happened Hmm. or something he didn't want to put up with happened, like you said. Right, and I mean, we're kind of just speculating at this point, but I mean... I think Jeff stuck around far longer than what he wanted to. He didn't even want to make an Overwatch 2. He was done with the franchise a while ago, and he wanted to get the fuck out. And they're finally, he was like, all right, fine. I'll give you everything that you want, and I'm done. And he wants to go make something else, because he's been doing this for a while. Since 2016. And he's probably fucking done with it. Yeah, And wants to go work someplace else that doesn't in evil evil factory well there there is a new definitely (laughs) there there is a new company and i don't have the name of it off the top of my head right now that is being assembled that is a bunch of former original blizzard employees that are Mm. getting together and be like so we want to do what blizzard did but without the activision part yeah and 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 you could be absolutely right and i i have i i could absolutely see him like wanting to do other things and having other ideas and wanting to get out however in a good business relationship, especially at the level he's at, he would voice these opinions to people and say, hey, I need to get out. And they'll be like, please finish this first or stay till now. We'll give you a big bonus if yeah. you do this or that. That doesn't yeah. seem at all like what happened here. It seemed like one, like like three days ago or like what, yeah, at the beginning of the week happened, or whatever yeah. it was, we just suddenly got the news. Hey, Jeff's out. 
Yeah. And he didn't put up a big video saying nope. goodbye. He didn't like say thank you for everything. Thank you for watching my stupid face on YouTube. Like, but he's still there, to you. Right? No, oh, he, he's out. He's out. out. Oh, see, I, oh, I misunderstood. I thought it was he has a scheduled date oh. that he's leaving, and it's going to be happening in like gone. Yeah. So Jeff is now officially just mm-hmm. left without when his resignation was just like a letter that he didn't he, even. He, it went out to social media like, hey, Jeff Kaplan has left the Overwatch team. This is who's taking over. Yeah. And then Boom. what we got was okay. like... A, a, that makes we, more sense. What we got was a write-up from the Overwatch team thanking Jeff and yep. nothing good the other direction. Yep. Okay. That's, that's I mean, no, all I, I Honestly, I think the dude's been fed up with, with Blizzard Activision for a while. Could be. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe he just finally reached his end point. But again, I'm happier to see him go do other shit oh, that isn't Overwatch. Oh, yeah. Because as much as you can I kind of hope he uh, makes his you own. Can, yeah, you can keep throwing mm-hmm. another character that just isn't really going to make me or a lot of people come back to the game. The mm, Wiggling the meta around every so often isn't going to make it really that interesting for people that don't actively pay attention. I'm talking from people that were watching Overwatch League and going like, I'm that are trying to understand it. That mm-hmm. I don't know what patches on. I don't know what's going where. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's stepped away from all of that a while ago and was kind of already done. Okay. And I want to see where he's going. I think that you're Overwatch just excited League for what's is, next. I'm, I'm excited for what's next yeah. for Overwatch League because it has to become something new. Mm-hmm. And Jeff wants to will obviously make whatever the fuck mm-hmm. he's going to do next i don't know he could actually so just slap things. his name on his next game and be like a jeff kaplan game and that would sell yeah copies. pretty much it's tic-tac-toe for your phone mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so quibi the service that no one used and failed as quickly as it was launched mm-hmm. will have all of its content which is about 75 shows some of which never got released moved over to roku uh this will include <laughs> sam raimi's 50 states of fright the reboot season of reno 911 and the reboot of the legends of the hidden temple Good lord, I'm the only problem I have with this is I don't under. I, they recorded a bunch of this stupid shit for fucking people to watch on their phones because people are fucking idiots and can't turn their phone sideways. And I hate that cameras allow them to take pictures this way because it's the fucking worst way to take pictures. Don't make videos <laughs> fucking vertical. It's stupid. Thank you, Quibi. This is why you failed. You're a fucking idiot. Don't make vertical videos. And that's what we've learned as a society now is if you Let's create spend millions of dollars figuring that. One if out. you create a video service based on vertical videos, it will fail <laughs> harder than I, I don't know America's justice system. <laughs> it will fail real fucking hard because that's what Quibi but, did. But now they've sold it all to Roku, and so it's oh yeah, it's Roku. Roku. That's where quality content goes to live a long, meaningful life. Roku. That, as soon as you said to Roku, like I couldn't help myself. Is it? Hey, it's all up on YouTube. I'd have been like respectable. Now people can go see yeah. what they weren't gonna pay for on Quibi. No, it's all on Roku. So you need to like have a device. So here's what it means when a thing launches on Roku. It means you have to own a Roku to see it. And Roku has a list of channels that are their own, aside from like CBS All Access and all the other bullshit, aside from the major four, five. Mm. I forget how many majors there are. But they, they, they have like 20, and then they have like 30 of their own channels. Remember... And I remember this because I was part of uh, the uh, activist team in Austin at the time. But uh, the atheist, uh, the atheist of America uh, Foundation uh, that releases a monthly magazine, et cetera, et cetera, put up a channel on Roku in um, 
I want to say it was like 2013. Okay. That's where their channel went. Go try and find it now on Heroku. <laughs> I dare you. Yeah. <laughs> I... The, my issue with the Roku thing of it is it's kind of like Tesla stock. Mm-hmm. Roku, everybody says Roku's the one to invest in it. I love my Roku. I know very few people that actually have one other than me. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently, though, it's like Tesla's. They're fucking everywhere, and everybody has their stock, and it's going through the fucking roof because Roku's shit keeps going through the roof because they keep adding more and more crap to their repository. Nobody notice these are just bubbles that are going to pop. Like, yeah, no, nobody cares. Nobody the, the, knowing the, the, that I, like nobody's noticing this. Right. The, the problem with Roku and the reason I have the 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 shield that I have. The thing about Roku and Amazon Fire Stick and everything else is this will all be built into our TV in a matter of ten years. Someone, yeah. some kid is going to be cleaning out like USB sticks from his grandpa's fucking cardboard <laughs> box and be like, "What's this one? This doesn't even have any storage." It's like, "Oh, that's an Amazon Fire Stick. A fucking what? That's how we used to get Netflix." Right. The fuck are you talking about? Why? Your TV doesn't just read this from the electricity hey, in kid, the air? Hey, kids. We used to get Netflix on discs. <laughs> I used to get like, Netflix my on Wii, CDs my, in the mail. My Wii yeah. required a Netflix CD to run Netflix on it. <laughs> yep. The Xbox, <laughs> the, uh, the Xbox 360 was the only one that was able to natively run the uh, Netflix application. And that's entirely because it was running uh, a... Weird dude figured out that if you used the Netflix plugin, that API that they created for Windows Home Edition, you could use that with the Xbox API and then get that to function mm-hmm. and make it work. And he, there was actually a not a Netflix on Xbox before there was actually a Netflix on Xbox. Mm-hmm. You just had to follow this dude's steps, yep. and then he went and worked work around. Yep. Yeah, and then Netflix, for my understanding hired him and then that's where how they started getting other streaming stuff onto everybody's stuff because he was yep. like i know how to do that and literally showed them how i, I hope he got all the money Me he too. literally got a, as far as i understand literally got a job working yeah. at netflix <laughs> okay a uh, few more things to talk about real quick as we wrap up the news part of our program uh dc is getting ready to relaunch superman with an all-new number one issue okay this new comic is being brought to us by the team that wrote the injustice series and it's actually going to be center centering around superman's son taking up the mantle of his father mm. and what it means to be a hero um, Superman will still be around, but he's got, you know, bigger things on his plate than just taking care of Metropolis. I think this is a brilliant story. Yeah. I think that one of the things that we are going to be talking about a little bit later in the show, um, when we talk about the death of superheroes and, and superheroes erections is the concept that comics tend to stay stale. Mm-hmm. There's always a reset to the status quo, right? Yep. Right. Like no matter what when you finish your run, like there's a Marvel mandate, when you finish your run of Spider-Man, no matter how fucking weird it is, Peter Parker goes back to the status quo at, of course, at that point. Of course, but right? uh, yeah, and we'll definitely get to all of that. But this is a story where we're saying, we already know the fucking story of Superman. Mm-hmm. We've already been reading the comics for a while while he's been married and has, has had a kid. Yeah. Why don't we let everybody just grow up a little bit? Yeah, leave it. Leave okay. it that way. I think that's a bold move, especially being the Injustice team who mm. has already shown their chops. Like, Tony, you love Injustice. Like, they, you, you've seen that they know how to take original, like, DC stories and yeah, push I them mean, forward in an interesting direction. As an interesting idea, I just don't imagine that DC is going to truly stick with having this kind of elevated timeline where you've aged up anyone because then they have to stick with that and they don't like sticking with there, ma- there's major a reason changes. to stick with it and we'll again get in more into this and with the resurrection conversation but 
can't everything just have a run and yeah, then no, like let the next idea, guy try? You know, as like, a run idea, it's fun. I like it. The mm-hmm. and I, again, the injustice as a comic book story universe idea mm-hmm. is really well done and well thought out, yeah. and has been very well written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well received. Very well received. Everybody's enjoyed it. So go, moving over to this idea, okay. Cool. Uh, I hope it lasts uh, four years, like uh, like or more, like injustice. I just like the idea of watching a superhero actually grow up and evolve and change and be different. Yeah, yeah. All of that is wonderful too. That's one of the reasons why hoping Invincible stays on. Yeah, exactly. uh, For a while because that's kind of the story. And 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 let's not forget that's why we have what is it. 1923 Marvel movies that we've been watching mm-hmm. since like 2008 because our characters keep growing and evolving and like yeah we should talk about mm-hmm. that later we yeah. should talk about that at the end of the show mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Smith's upcoming Masters of the Universe Netflix show will be getting a four issue prequel comic by Dark Horse Comics before the series launches later this year the first comic will launch on July 7th and will actually be like you said a, a precursor to the upcoming Netflix series by the way fun He-Man fact because I was a big He-Man man kid growing up masters of the universe the he-man universe is one of the few entities that has been on because of dark horse now Mm -hmm. has been on almost every major imprint marvel had it at one point Mm -hmm. dc had it at one point i think image had it at one point everybody has had this license in uh, idw I think IDW had it at some point, yeah. but like it's been around like everybody keeps getting the rights to masters of the universe this is absolutely crazy i love that let, let everyone take a shot. It's yeah, Master and, of the Universe. This is why public domain is so cool. That's one of the interesting things about it is that it they keep mm-hmm. parts of the lore from each one. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird mix mash of everybody has fucked with the Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, at, at its core, it has never changed. Yeah. It is still I, the I, exact I, same. I got to say, <laughs> I know that, that, that people have mixed opinions about Kevin Smith as a whole. Um I got to say, one of the things, having watched the CW shows, what Kevin Smith has been doing really well recently is knowing how to play in other people's universes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like watching the stuff he does on like Supergirl and all that. I'm like, you understand the material. You understand the characters. You know how to write and direct within that universe. And that's why I'm excited for Masters of the Universe because he isn't going into this being like, I'm doing Kevin Smith's Snoochie Boochie's Masters of the Universe. Yeah, he doesn't do that shit. He's like, I loved this show growing up. I was obsessed with the lore as a kid. I want to write and work in this universe and I want to work within the confines of this universe, which mm-hmm. means, which means you don't understand characters voice and world building and everything mm-hmm. else that to requires to make a show that isn't what he's already made. Right. The right. problem with Kevin Smith was that he kept making a lot of the same thing. And then he made a lot of really weird shit and then hasn't made kind of anything. He, very he got his own universe. Good. Right. He got his own universe and he just started writing yeah, just, for that universe. Yeah, he's made this weird mix mash thing, but Whenever he gets outside of that, when he does the DC stuff, mm-hmm. um, he just kills it, man. Yeah, he you, does, you can tell he understands job. those yeah. stories, and yeah. he's great at, like you said, playing in other people's universes. And it's almost told like what to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's almost like he has the empathy to understand what the writer is trying to say, and he'll like continue in that direction with their characters if that's what he wants. And yeah, when he writes for himself, he thinks dick and fart jokes are funny, and it, it, he was making jokes about weed like like a decade and a half before he ever smoked it. He, yeah. he just let. Thought life was fun and being a teenager was hard. Right. 
uh, or being in your 20s, really. But, uh, you know, when, yeah, when you give him a comic book, when you give him something to write for, when you give him something to appreciate, there's a reason even why about his, comics, there's a reason why his really run on Daredevil it. is considered one of the best to exist. Mm-hmm. Like, he understood Daredevil. He wanted to write Daredevil. And when he did, he wrote a story that people went, oh, wait, I should actually be reading Daredevil? Mm-hmm. Well, he was well, in the Daredevil movie. I, I think my biggest thing is that he named his daughter Harley Quinn Smith after a very small animated series Batman character at the time that nobody sure. knew was ever going yeah, to be that popular. Was, that was not he knew to appreciate character. how cool that was before anyone else did. That character was not popular at the time. No, just, not at a, all. That's a side character. Here it is. Mm-hmm. All right. So closing out the news this week, we have a couple bits of Sony news. Uh, first up, Disney and Sony have hit a deal uh, to get the Spider-Man films over to Disney plus. Mm-hmm. So the deal will work like this nine months after a Spider-Man film is released. It will hit Netflix first, mm-hmm. and then I think it's an 18-month window after that. Then they will come to Disney+. Plus. Right. So all of your Spider-Man Homecomings, Morbius, Venom, all that stuff will eventually end up on Disney+, Plus under one Marvel banner. Mm-hmm. It will just take a little bit of staggered time to get there. Right. And I'm guessing this is because Sony probably already has a contract with Netflix that needs to expire. Right. That they um, literally just announced the week before. Right. And they, they well, what they did was they announced what they had to do loudly yeah. because they were like, Disney, you want to bring us like several briefcases of money, please. And Disney was like, I- yeah. And it's from, 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 ev- from everything that we hear. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Like they, the, a couple weeks ago, Sony announced that Netflix was going to be getting all the Spider-Man content mm-hmm. and everybody Oh, here went, comes the Marvel like, oh. content to Netflix. Well, this was like right. an unknown yeah. thing. These contracts yeah. were running up. They mm-hmm. knew that the yeah. licensing agreements, where they're going to go was yeah. expiring and mm-hmm. had to be renewed from blah, blah, blah. But it does sound it's like... It's just kind of funny that this mm-hmm. is the way it unfolded. Yeah, but it does sound like the Netflix or the uh, Sony Marvel content... Probably after the expiration of the Netflix contract, we'll just go over to Disney Plus at yeah. that point because they're just going to throw money at it, mm-hmm. uh, which ain't a bad deal because the yeah. last thing I want to deal with is that Sony coming out at the end of this and being like, well, we're going to do a Sony streaming service, y'all, and that's where you're going to get your Spider-Man content. Just, like, every time I No more streaming services. Just stop. I tried that, remember? It didn't work. Every it time was bad. I Why think am about I whispering it. on radio? <laughs> Why are you not whispering but pretending to whisper? <laughs> So I don't know how to act. You can just like lean in and whisper. So, so put your lips together and blow. The thing is, later, honey. Thing is, every time I think about Disney or Marvel execs having to like come to Disney and be like, "We need you on our platform, please." They're just like they sit here with like a small boy dressed as Spider-Man with duct tape over his mouth that just says kidnapped. Like, and they just have him here. They're like, yep, uh, that'll be seven briefcases of money, please. I was going to wonder, do they have dollar signs printed on them? Yes, yes. Yes. Bring me a sack with a dollar sign printed on it full of (laughs) stock options, and I will lend you this small (laughs) Spider-Boy. It's just so maniacal and like a little mean every time this happens. And I don't know. It just cracks me up because when billionaires fight, it's funny. So Sony's kind of like Kingpin and he has a little boy toy that's Spider-Man with special powers that he lends out to his special mouse friend who gets to do special things with him and all his other friends on in front of like thousands of people. If if I were to switch, if I were to switch labels for a second, it's like Sony kidnapped. It's like Sony kidnapped Robin, right? And Batman has to come over every once in a while to be like, 
like, I really need him for Christmas. His parents are coming over. Can I please Robert's just have him? Are definitely not coming can, over. Can, for can, can I please? <laughs> can I please have him for the weekend? And yeah, and then Joker will be like, no, no his parents are dead. Um, well, that's a bad excuse, but. But yeah, yeah, you can have him for Christmas, but that'll be money, please. <laughs> that will be one money, please. Yes. And I will explain one to you. Sack with dollars. Yes. And, and, yes. And I will explain to you when you will be bringing him back to me, by the way. <laughs> All right. So finally, we discussed a couple weeks back that Sony had made the decision to close their PSP, Vita, and PS3 storefronts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we discussed that this was a bad decision that would cause the loss of a lot of titles that, would, that only exist on that platform. Uh, Since then, Sony has listened to feedback and will only be closing the PSP store, still keeping the Vita and PS3 stores open for the time being. So this is kind of a pseudo win for game conservation. Um, There are still PSP titles that this is going to become problematic for. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically ones that didn't get like a PS3 or Vita release. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is still a win. It's not a full win. It's not an absolute win. But it's at least a step in the right direction. It is them not closing the store because everyone was saying, oh, no, where will I get these games? And their response was, okay, we'll keep the store open probably just a little longer. Mm-hmm. That's great for a bunch of people who are going to like buy those games from the store and immediately pirate them to preserve them. Yeah, that good. There's a win there. The real win would have been, oh, all these games we no longer wish to sell are um, now going over here where they're available for free because they don't make us money anymore. So go for it. Right. You can't have the property or the IP. You don't, you know, own anything about it, but you can fucking download it and play it. Right. You know, that that would be a win. There, there's it, it, Turn it into shareware. Yeah, yeah it, it's a complicated issue. And obviously a lot of these things have to do with money on one way or the other. Um, I'm curious to see what we're going to lose software wise with the loss of the PSP store. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not double checked prior uh, to the show to see if crisis core is say available on other platforms, which mm-hmm. that's a big deal because that is one of the most popular PSP games of all time. Yep. We literally did an hour episode about final fantasy seven and about 30 minutes of that was about <laughs> crisis core. Like it's which a- available on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash the silly nerd. Yep. You can't get it anywhere else. Yep. So, I mean, it's a big, it's a big deal for game preservation. Um, that being said, it's a step in the right direction. I'm glad that Sony was listening to the fan feedback that came across their table. Um, hopefully they keep the stores open long enough, especially for the people that were developing Vita games right now. And they're like, we were going to release those. Like that was, that was a new game that we were putting out for this console. Yep. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, we'll keep an eye on this as it develops. Uh, it is a very complicated issue. Hopefully Sony keeps doing the right thing because I want to still support them. The, there's the, the hard answer for Sony as a company is the they can't just keep servers up forever. That's right. just a waste of money and mm-hmm. resources. And then having somebody that has to know how to fix all of that old bullshit. Mm-hmm. I get why they're trying to stop it. And they, yeah. they want to get, yeah, no, they, no, no, they, they want to move on. Yeah. I, I feel the, like there's a, there, there's a right thing to do for them. There's a simple, probably one time solution for this to just set up the inter- infrastructure to make games. They no longer wish to sell or host shareware. Yeah. And just host it somewhere. Let the community run it. I mean, fuck it. They'll probably donate it. To, donate to keep the servers running. All Sony has to do is say, "Go ahead." Yeah, yeah. And it, but there's and a, but there's a like there's a lot of game though. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Microsoft what, has right. done a pretty good job about doing their backwards compatibility of finding all the companies they can right. to get mm-hmm. everybody to go. Hey, we're gonna just keep upgrading your shit so we can just keep 
it alive. Right. It's going to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It's used to get really hard to do that. When it is because that's, cost, that's going to cost them a lot of money, yeah. and eventually they're going to say stop. And if they don't have a place to put those games, to say, all right, here they are. We cannot host them anymore. It's too expensive. Nobody buys this shit. Yeah. yeah. It is a complicated issue, and there's a lot more to it than to just just make it free because it doesn't mm-hmm. work like that. There's, right. there's licensing that's tied up into this mm-hmm. that they have to you know, adhere to these contracts. They can't just go out and give another company's games away. Maybe we should legislate. Um, but yeah, it's a complicated issue, and I definitely want to dive into it a little bit more, but we can't do that today because we're going to take a small break, and when we come back, we will be going into our main topic in the boss room. Boss room. Hey, adventurers, welcome back to the show. This is the Boss Room, our main discussion for the show. Sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. This week, I wanted to have some fun. We took a week off last week because I was dealing with getting my, my second shot. Yeah, and yeah knocked just, you out a little bit. Just wrecked my shop. <laughs> um, but I wanted to have some fun going into this week to kind of warm us back up into the groove of doing the show regularly. So we're going to make our main topic this week about a billboard. Okay. So, it's been nearly two years since the release of Avengers Endgame. Today, as I was working on the notes, I read that a billboard went up in Los Angeles that reads, For our beloved hero, please bring back Tony Stark. Hashtag bring back Tony Stark to life. With the date of 4-24-21 under it, which would make it exactly two years after Endgame released. And so this billboard got me thinking. So we are so used to superhero resurrection in comics Mm -hmm. to the point where it's basically a joke, right? Right. Like anybody dies in the comics, you're like, yep. Half their powers are coming back to life. Coming back to life. I mean, you have a character literally called Phoenix. And fun fact, she was never supposed to come back. She was called Phoenix, but she was only supposed to die once. (laughs) But they fucking brought her back. (laughs) Um, That's just poor naming. That was poor. It was was poor naming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Claremont was told literally anything's better than Phoenix if you're going to keep it like just one death. You know what's a real shitty name for a guy who heals himself in his claws on his hands? Wolverine. That's true. That's not what a Wolverine is or does at all about anything. He's not even from like that region. He's from Canada. He was was originally um, genetically supposed to be half of a Wolverine. Uh, That's true. So. That's where that came from. And Hugh Jackman didn't even know that a Wolverine was an actual creature. Yeah. Most people don't. (laughs) So this whole billboard got me thinking about resurrection in movies and comics. Can I ask a, can I ask a quick snarky question before we continue? Sure. Are we talking about whether or not superheroes should be resurrected in comics? Or are we talking about whether or not fans should ask for it? So we're not going to be talking because about... Because that billboard... Okay. So, so, so the, the billboard was not about the comic. The billboard... No, no, no I know. I know what exactly yeah. what the fucking billboard's about. Yeah. And if we're going to talk about whether or not we should be resurrecting superheroes in our comic book stories, that's great. I'm on board. Yep. But first... But first... You fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. Stop telling people how to write their stories, you're bad writers. It took so long to kill Tony Stark in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And it means a lot to all the people who saw it, who actually give a shit. 10 years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 11 years. Yeah. It took 11 years. The 10th anniversary was Infinity War. Mm-hmm. 
like 11 years to kill Tony Stark in a meaningful way to make it matter at all to anyone. If you had done this in 2012 with uh, fucking Avengers 2, nobody would have given a shit. Everyone would be like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, so he'll be back. Right now, everyone's like, wow, that death had impact. That's fine. What we don't need is people spending their way too much money on a billboard telling the Marvel writers who are accomplished, maybe not perfect, but are certainly accomplished, what to do with their characters. Leave them the fuck alone. They're doing a good job. You don't, don't ask them for things. Don't ask George Martin for things. They're writing stories. Leave them alone. Y'all are bad writers or else you would be writers. Well, the Marvel writers are definitely writing. George R. R. Martin is not. Right, but, but let them do what they're going to do is the thing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, just uh, stop, stop. Okay. Stop. But that's a good preface yeah. for all of this. Like, stop making demands. Stop the billboards. Right, stop the Buy an NFT. Like, like <laughs> don't bother Marvel with your bullshit. Right. But we are really used to superhero resurrection in comics, and we have to kind of address this elephant in the room because mm -hmm. for the most part, not completely, but for the most part, many of the deaths that have happened within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not trying to narrow this down to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but primarily that's what we're going to be talking about, um, have been permanent. Mm -hmm. Because over on the DC side, like, Superman died and then got up like 10 minutes later. Mm -hmm. Like that, that was, there was a blink and you miss it moment. Yep. Superman was dead and then he's alive again. Superman's death had zero yeah, impact the on movie, the actual there, DC universe. If you didn't watch the, 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 uh, the rock levitate for like those like two seconds, mm -hmm. you had no fucking clue. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's the whole thing, right? That's how they introduced him. He just like, yeah. I'm back guys. Yep. That's right. how originally. Like, like Superman's death wasn't meaningful, but we take something like Tony Stark's death mm -hmm. where this is, ostensibly this conversation is, ro is revolving around. Right. And saying, do we reach a point in the Marvel movies where we say, oh, well, we should bring Tony Stark back? They don't want Tony Stark back. They want Robert Downey Jr. to come back as Tony Stark. Right? Yeah. They very specifically want that to happen. Yeah. And I do kind of want that to happen as like a hologram whenever they're going through a museum and going mm -hmm. like, look, that dude's fucking dead. And then we just move on as a society. Mm -hmm. Right. Because... That's it. I mean, we, we yeah, keep his but, image around we, and like we have the to spray wait, paint. We, we have to wait both Tony sides Stark of this right? bullshit, but no. It's easy for us to just go, oh, yeah, don't fucking resurrect comic book characters in movies. But, but also we're like, well, but no, it that's happens not, all that's the fucking not the time thing. That, That's not the thing. Because you know what everyone really wants? No, that's the thing. Th th this is the thing. Well, what, what, what we're really speculating about here. And, and, and this is all speculation because yeah, no one's sure. seen the movie. I am not even doing a prediction. I'm just talking out loud about the movies we haven't seen yet in the Marvel Universe. A lot of people expect Black Widow to come back. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, yes. I, she's a spy. She's sneaky. That would make some sense. That would be uh, interesting. A lot of people saw that Loki trailer and said, oh, she's coming back. Right. There, there, there are clints and, and hint, clues and hints everywhere. That's what there's also is. clints. There, there is clint. a clint. There is one clint. clint. Yes, there's uh, one clint. There are clues. There are hints. And we think Black Widow might be coming back. Only None of us will be super surprised when it happens, but they'll probably find a way to make it pretty cool. Mm -hmm. No one is running around going, oh, how are they going to bring Tony back? Oh, that might be a clue that might be a clue because we saw it right and it's almost like like a you know when you know and that's why i find this so stupid because again the writers are telling us what they're going to do and what they're not hmm. i mean agents of yeah. shield took three plus seasons to basically explain why is colson still alive yeah no fuck agents of shield uh, yeah, right, I, right. I get that i get that that's a poor alive. example i get it i get it's a poor <laughs> example but 
like they didn't just say, "Oh yeah, here's Call saying he's back alive." They're like, "No, we're gonna sit on this one. We're gonna we're gonna write yeah, this they, over." They, 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 they fine. forced and, and, us to watch a lot of shitty TV for the thought we might get the hint and of some cool reason Colson's back. No, I, and they gave the greatest death or like send off to Tony Stark. Hmm. Like that scene, yeah, leave is him alone. A good ending. It ends the movie perfectly. You yeah. said goodbye. Mm-hmm. You get to keep them around in stupid cameos for like commercials and stuff. That like obviously this was recorded previously. But well, you know, I mean, whatever. like Chad's making a great point, right? Like in the comics, when Tony Stark is no longer around, mm-hmm. Ironheart steps up. Like right. Riri Williams steps up, and she mm-hmm. becomes, you know, Ironheart, and that becomes a thing in the comics. We, we right. evolve the character. Yeah. So, so it, l- l- let's talk about the way we do it in comics because you guys brought up a really good point with the Phoenix. Mm. Phoenix died and came back in the same run with the same people writing it because that run went on for like what thirty years or yeah. something like that. It was a long run. It got into Simpsons did it territory with the stories. It was yeah. just it was always going to. So yeah, they killed the character and then brought them back nearly instantly, and everyone went, "Oh, well that." Cool. All right. Well, meant nothing. Yeah. So actually, they waited a while. It was. If, if, I, I, I. Sorry. I recently watched the Chris Claremont mm-hmm. uh, documentary on uh, Amazon, which is very good. And they talked about how there was a rule in Marvel that was like, "I'm going to kill Jean Grey, mm-hmm. and she's going to stay dead." Mm-hmm. And then at some point, there the X Men became a very popular title and started making a shit ton of money. And they started making various other X-Men books. Mm-hmm. And one day, Chris Claremont got a call saying, uh, by the way, they're bringing Jean Grey back from the dead. And he was like, the fuck? The one rule I had was that Jean Grey is supposed to stay dead. Right. And that's you're, you, you're totally making my point for me because th- that she was brought back based on money, it sounds like, yep. uh, and popularity and things like that. These are poor reasons to write a character back to life. I'm imagining right now what the fuck Tony Stark as Iron Man is going to do coming back into the MCU besides everything he always did while all the, the other characters stop growing so much like they are right now in everything that we're watching. Oh, None of that would be happening if Tony Stark was dead. Maybe we can actually have him fight like the Mandarin for real for once. That's, like, is that what they want? Is that what these fans really want? They want him to come back and like actually fight the Mandarin instead of that really well, bad they, version. They, of they, they want their they want their like, nostalgia. What, what the fuck do they want from him? They, they they want their memories back. I don't know what they want. They, they, their their things make no sense to me. But the point I was making is. In a single run, they killed a character and then brought them back. And, you know, at least Claremont thought, no, that's stupid. That's bad storytelling. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of reasons, it very much is. However, the example you gave earlier in the show today was when you're done with your run, Peter Parker turns back into a teenager as Spider-Man, just living his life, discovering his spider powers, and then his Uncle Ben dies. Mm -hmm. That's Spider-Man. That's where we start the story. It doesn't have to. We've had a whole lot of runs that didn't go anywhere near that. Right. And many of them were the more interesting But ones. you are given the option when you take of over course. a Marvel title, do you reset to ground zero or do mm-hmm. you just like... And maybe you can continue off of like your other favorite author's run if you want to. Uh, reading this last year over quarantine, um, Grant Morrison's run on X-Men, which was the new X-Men, he didn't want to start where the X-Men start. He wanted to invent something entirely new and he really fucking went with it. Like so much leather through the entire <laughs> sure, run. So he leather. fucking went with it. It was a and BDSM convention worth of leather. There. Yes. And it was nowhere near anything like X-Men is now or was before that. Yeah. It was its whole own universe with its whole own thing going on. I've talked about it on the show before. It's a great run, by the way. But that's how I kind of feel like movies should run. And so much of that run, by the way, 
has bled over to the rest of the X-Men. The yes. idea of these secondary mutations, mm-hmm. which we've seen in the movies, those are all things that Grant Morrison came up with. Yep, yep. And Fantastic they have idea. become staples of, you know, they, they've become staples of uh, the X-Men genre at this point because Grant Morrison was willing mm-hmm. to go in and say, I want to do something or do something uh, new and different. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, that's a, a, a big point of contention there, right? right? Because we can't do things that are new and different if we're not evolving the characters, right? If we're, well, re, if we're constantly resetting or resurrecting mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Well, maybe we can because what we're seeing right now with Batman is at least just recently we have the Snyder cut coming back into Vogue and um, we have Batfleck back, right? Sure. And yeah, we also I, 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 have yeah, things like a new Robert Pattinson Batman coming out now. And that's someone else's Batman. And everyone understands that. No one is like, oh, well, they read. going to be in the Flash. Yeah, we know. Yeah. that That's another Batman. Good, good, good interjection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. More Batman. But the point I'm making is if you make your own story, your own movie, and you want it to be about Batman, make Batman however the fuck you want. Because someone let you do Batman. Make the Batman you want to make. And if. Be the Batman that you want to see in the world. Right. And you know what will make your story bad? If you kill Batman in the second comic and bring him back in the third. Unless right. you're some kind of genius writer and do something intelligent, that's a bad plot line. Batman doesn't resurrect. You don't bring people back for no reason because that just means it was cheap to kill them. Mm. You didn't need to do that. You, you're just manipulating me. Now, if you're to be, to be to be fair, like to go to counter your argument here, like the like Infinity War opens with the line "No more resurrections" and Loki getting fucking ganked. Mm-hmm. Now, technically, the Loki we're getting is a different timeline. Yes, and that's a very tongue-in-cheek line because everyone who watched Loki die there was like, oh, he had to get out of that somehow. And right now, because it's Loki, and you know it. But technically, he didn't. It kind of super doesn't look like he did unless we get two Lokis and Loki, which would be fucking cool. I hope that happens. I hope we get Fem Loki. Like, that's what I'm really hoping for. (laughs) Fem Loki would be great. I have thoughts about this later. Not part of the show. Yeah, yeah. So so anyway, so... (laughs) You're right, but the the point I'm I'm making is like yes, you can bring a dead character back to life if you're writing your own story about that character. Mm-hmm. That's obviously perfectly fine. It has to be. If you don't want to write something like Ironheart, if it's like I, this, my Iron Man story is a post Tony Stark world or a you know post Tony Stark is Iron Man world. Here's what I'm going to do now. Right. If uh. You know, yeah, but, but but if you just kill a character and bring them back for no other reason than we would really like to have them back, please. Right. That's, you didn't need to kill them. You learned that in writing school and from every writer who talks about it. And writing. it's such a difficult thing to think about, right? Because, I mean, we were on this, you know, years-long journey with the Avengers, mm-hmm. and we went through this arc with Tony Stark, and we said, you know, we saw his beginning, his middle, his end. Mm-hmm. We watched him make the tough decisions. We, we watched him go from, like, you know, arrogant, self-centered Tony Stark to, like, no, I like my daughter, which mm. is still a little self-centered because he's like, I'm not going to save the galaxy because my daughter, but a little more hum- uh, humane mm. version of Tony Stark to the very end of it where he's like, I'm not going to build. Uh, there's a great uh, post about this somewhere where the original Tony Stark or the original Iron Man armor was meant to protect Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. The last armor was built to protect everyone else. Yep, And that's exactly the takeaway that we got from the story arc. And then to bring him back to resurrect him because of fan billboard Mm -hmm. feels like it cheapens the character at that point. If we were to do that. And maybe that's what makes me so mad about it is that they're asking 
for something that would diminish the property, uh, yeah. the, the product in general. And, and they spent so much money on it. I mean, it has to be expensive to put up a billboard in L.A. I'm guessing $15,000 for like a week or two. I really couldn't even fathom what it might I'm just throwing that out there as an Sim- idea. Like, simply because of the real estate. Like, it's too much money. At one point. I'll tell yeah. you it's too much money. Because yeah. I... I at some, I, I remember reading it is it money they the, could have been giving to our uh, Patreon. The yeah, the room. Yeah. The article. We would have explained to you how part. bad your idea was if you'd have instead of putting up that billboard, donated the money to our Patreon. Yeah, we'd have made a whole episode for you. Yeah, yeah. and told you how stupid, just incredibly Wait. fucking stupid you are. But we would have given you a lot of other material, like, hey, if you want more uh, Iron Man or Tony Stark, read these comics. Oh, if you want more Robert Downey Jr., watch these movies. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you sure. don't need more Tony go, Stark. Go, go watch Man. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, everybody, yeah. please. Watch that right now. Um, yeah, I think so. I Something think Resurrection. Mm. Mm. Not the same kind of movie. I like his performance because he goes fucking weird. In yeah, that. he goes. He's very character. Apples to oranges, that. I think, yeah. with those two movies, though. They came out. He was did those both. Basically back to back, right mm-hmm. before he did Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, resurrection in comics has just become something that's so commonplace that we just accept that that's the way that it is. That everything will re- reset to the status quo. That when it comes Somewhere. to comics, that's just what happens. You die and you're resurrected. Mm-hmm. Jean Grey was kind of the first catalyst, but it took a long time for her to die and resurrect. Mm-hmm. Um, Max Landis did a really great video about the death and return of Superman, mm-hmm. which in in which he says Superman's death and return, which was planned, unlike Jean. Mm-hmm. was the death that broke death in comics yep. because it said all bets are off if we Super- were literally if, making if, Jesus if Superman can die and come back then fuck it everybody can right this is it's almost it's their GameStop stock moment mm-hmm. it's their like wait so it's all bullshit we yes. can do whatever we want it's mm-hmm. all made up yep yeah, unfortunately, we're they're all just writers. But right just now, all fan fiction. <laughs> but right now, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe specifically, death does have an impact. Mm-hmm. Yes, Coulson went on and did Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. but almost at this point, people are agreeing like that's another timeline. That is super. Like I can't imagine any of that is canon at this right. point. Right? Yeah. No. Like and that so, Ghost Rider, none of that happened. Because the, as well, far as we all know, and stuff. I haven't watched the final season, I'm not sure I will. I might, but um, I mean the. the if Coulson's alive, he, there's in, a lot of people in, in, who are very no, very no. Because interested. here's the deal: in Agents of Shield, by the time the end of the show happens, mm-hmm. they basically duck getting around the movies. Like by the like End Game's about to happen, and Agents of Shield suddenly went to space in the future, and like, oh, we're not around for that thing that's happening. Yeah. So at this point, it's hardly even a Marvel's. I mean, Marvel's Agents of Shield are there, and we're going on rambunctious escapades with time travel and some some Marvel's pretty Agents interesting of being characters. Nowhere the actual bad <laughs> yes. is because that's right. in the movies. And yes. you know what? And, and and I think the issue with that is is the show was originally designed to carry through between movies mm-hmm. and interact with the movies, and they just never ever Your ever delivered on never that promise. Up. Yeah, they never delivered on that promise. Yeah. But so so Coulson aside, death has always seemed to have an impact within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. And ergo, having Tony Stark's death just get negated because the fans put up a fucking billboard and said, oh, bring Tony Stark back because we miss Robert Downey Jr. Like, that seems disingenuous to the source material that got us to that point. You realize, like, everybody that works at, like, Disney and Marvel that went, <laughs> no. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Like, I'm not well, fathoming that they that. put this up there because they, well, like, you love that they put it up there because it, they're such idiots. You love that they put it up there, but. <laughs> If they had put up a hundred billboards of the same kind, 
Disney no. would be thinking if they put up a yeah. thousand billboards of the same kind, Disney would be thinking differently. Mm-hmm. The, the their only problem, the only reason that shit isn't getting done is because they didn't have enough money, and that is what pisses me off. Because, like you said, we resurrected Jean Grey because the comic book got popular and there was money to be made. Yep. And if they saw <laughs> so money to be made, <laughs> if they saw money to be made based on this billboard. Someone high up at Disney is going to be like, fucking go for it. Bring him back. Robert Downey, here's a truck full of money. And he'd be like, but that's fucking bad writing. And they're like, but here's more money. Because it's just, just please stop it. I'm going to go with this. If they can keep this billboard up, one billboard up for 10 years like (laughs) The Room did, Mm -hmm. we'll eventually get a movie with Robert Downey Jr. reprising his role as Iron Man, but more of kind of like a um, post-Batman Michael Keaton role. You're thinking I, uh, like the uh, like, like I'm Dark Knight, not to say Birdman, but like or Batman, stuff, Batman but like, Beyond. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something like that, mm-hmm. but more of a satirical version of it because yeah. it's gonna be way later. <laughs> and then we're like, fuck it, it's we've got to fuck with this idea yeah. now. They could, and some people have chat has mentioned <laughs> that not? yeah, Robert Downey Jr. has said he's like done, done, and he's not coming yeah. back even if they ask him to. I just want to remind you, Hollywood is entirely full of aging actors who said they're done with a series coming back to him. Like a whole. <laughs> Sean Connery's like the only one who said I retired um, and actually. Michael retired. Keaton's about to be Batman again. Yeah. Like he was just cast in the next Flash movie as Batman. Think about how recent the last Indiana Jones movie was. Yeah. I mean, and and Harrison Ford and Star the Wars. The entire and... guest appearances on the CW DC yeah. shows. You're talking about a company oh, with start. more money than God. Like like if they want a thing bad enough, they they can just pay for it to happen. What are they going to do with Shia LaBeouf in fucking the next Indiana Jones is what I want to know. <laughs> I doubt he would be in it. I mean, he was in the last one. Yeah, but... But we're getting mad. No one remembers the last one. That was the problem. (laughs) There were space aliens. (laughs) Okay, so let's let's, let's wrap this whole thing up. Let's get our our, our kind of final thoughts about this. So, again, the topic (laughs) specifically is resurrection of superheroes in movies. Mm -hmm. So let's take that thought. We're mostly talking about the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so let's kind of process that for a second. What do y'all think? Just off the top of your head. I was not listening to you. I was reading chat. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I turned around well, and I was it's, it's not. It's very important that, you, that, 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 you're, that you're following chat. And I, I yeah. appreciate that. But we've yeah. also been talking about the same topic for the last well, yeah, right. I don't so, know what your so, question was. It could have been like, which is a better Robert Downey Jr. movie? Like, <laughs> I have no fucking clue what the question was. I could be like, Yes. I do like him as an... I don't know what the fuck you asked at all, dude. Final thoughts about superhero resurrection when it comes to the MCU. No, don't. I mean, yeah, there's the cute little one-offs of, uh, like, uh, um, Coulson eventually coming back in weird robot whatever brain. And then you had uh, um, the fake death of... um, I can't remember his character's name. Loki? Well, Loki is well, there was Red yeah. Skull. Yeah, well, well, no, Red Skull's dead. Red Skull's yeah. super dead. That's true. Yeah. But he didn't resurrect. He was literally trapped at the gates of, like, He was given his own personal going, hell. You wait here forever. Yeah. <laughs> that that's, that's kind of, it kind of sucks for him. Um, uh, no, I'm trying to remember uh, Samuel Jackson's character. Uh, Nick, Nick Fury. Nick Fury, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah, Nick Fury. They did do that death. with him. They did yes. that, and it was totally part of the plot of the movie. We're yeah, not going right. to fake... Tony Stark's death because we're going to have this massively emotional scene and then fuck it in the butt. Yes. And and see, this is, uh, thank you. You basically ended by, by illustrating my point, 
Which is illustrating somebody fucking somebody else in the butt? I mean, usually when I'm talking. (laughs) So, the... Yes, you're exactly right. Look, we know when we're watching a story if we can trust a death. When you kill Nick Fury on screen, you're like, nah, that motherfucker's still alive. His wallet says badass motherfucker on it, and it's right. That, that there's no way. Chewbacca you would be dying. skeptical. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, why? That's bullshit. Right, right. In the MCU, just, just specifically, when you're watching a character die, you're like, oh, that was unjustified. Or, oh, that character has more room to grow. I'd love to see them back. Or, oh... I wonder what's going to happen to Nebula. I really like Nebula as a character, guys. But and when she has like some of the yeah. most like character growth yes. of like anybody. Yes, she is wonderful. Great character. Great actress. Yes. The, I they, hope she marries me someday. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, the accent. Anyway, so <laughs> just getting off topic. When we're not done with a character and they die, writers know they did that on purpose. They mm. know what they want to do with it, or they just want to leave the door open. Yeah. Tony Stark's death was not that. They were done yeah. with this character. They finished it. There is zero reason to bring him back and to do so would kind of, and, and I don't mean to be entitled to your story, but it feels a little bit disrespectful, disrespectful to all of us who watched it and felt satisfied by it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you were a Marvel cinematic yeah. watcher for the, yeah, the however, 10, 11, 11, 11 years. years. Yeah. And you feel like it's disrespecting you to be like, Hey, bro. Like, yeah, to, to have him fucking pop out of a closet and be like, psych, here's my armor. It's new and shinier. Yeah, right. no. I hate that. I hate that. I, it's the, I absolutely it's the, hate it's that. The, um, every anthology horror has mm-hmm. the fucking, the, oh, I wish my dead person came back to life. Mm-hmm. And it's the, always the, 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 the monkey's it, paw. It, yeah, it's always the zombie person that comes right. back and eats their brains. That's yeah. what they want. They want yeah. him to, and if... If and because the Russo brothers or not was it Feige or the Russo brothers said, the Russo like brothers. it has to be earned, mm-hmm. and if we do Marvel zombies as a film setup, holy shit, bringing him back in that has been earned. Yeah, because, that would be yes. amazing. I would watch yes, Marvel all of that. zombies, right. Tony Stark, but no other circumstances. Yeah. So, so I would say like it's not a hard no in the MCU bringing people back because I do want to see more Widow. I really do, right. and I'm not saying change the story. I'm not going to put up a billboard that's like bring Widow back. I'm angry. Do what you're going to do with the character, mm-hmm. but I'd like to see Widow back. I really would. I can't wait to see more Loki, even though I watched him. I, I don't know, but going back to your earlier point, like Widow's death didn't even feel earned. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was a sacrifice. It felt like a necessary sacrifice, but at the same time, we're like, that was, she has We were like, more. bitch didn't even get a movie. She has more, She need, we need more of her. Right. And yeah, and that's, that's the cutoff, isn't it, really? And that's, that, that's how I feel about it, yeah. that in the MCU. I think when it comes to a resurrection of superheroes, uh, specifically within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's a very hard topic for us to, to discuss because there's so many factors. However... I'm going to sound super pretentious and be like, you should accept the intentions of the author. Mm -hmm. We got an 11 year arc of Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. It was a beginning, a middle and an end. He gave a sacrifice and we should respect that. And I think it's disingenuous to the people who worked hard for those 11 years to make those movies happen to just be like, LOL, let's put him back in the films mm-hmm. because money. Yeah. Like there's so many other stories that you can tell. Um, just like chat said earlier, going into stories like Ironheart with maybe people that are not as represented on the screen, getting would some screen nice. time would yeah. be fantastic. Let's do that. Um, there's a whole lot of other options that are there. And I'm not saying don't bring Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man back into the MCU. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is don't resurrect him. You want to throw on some holograms? I as a child and nobody else on earth knew when that comic hit the death of Superman, 
that there was going to be anything else that happened. We right. knew that there was a comic called The Death of Superman, and there was another series that took place after that called Funeral for a Friend. Mm-hmm. We had no idea that there was going to be the whole Superman arc that happened after that with five Supermen who were not even Superman and all this other bullshit. Mm-hmm. We believed, we believed that day that Superman died. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother took me from school to the comic store to buy a comic. I didn't even read Superman. I didn't even read DC, but I understood the cultural <laughs> impact, the yeah. importance of Superman. And I read that comic in a car and got upset, even though I didn't even like Superman. I didn't care about Superman because I understood what he represented. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this had impact to me. And I'm like in sixth grade. Yeah. And then it was completely cheapened. Not six months later. I don't want to go through that range of emotions again with 11 years of Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't want to sit there and go, well, yeah, it was great. I cried when Tony Stark died, but fuck it, I guess he's back now and just become that jaded. I always want to be that sixth grader who read Mm -hmm. that Superman died and got upset and like had an emotional connection to it. Mm -hmm. Don't cheapen that for me by just being like, yep, we're bringing him back in the next fucking Avengers movie. Fuck that. Like I want these movies to have some kind of like, gravity to them Mm -hmm. and if i just think that everybody can come back well then fuck it yeah what's the point of me even going anymore Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely if i could add a tiny bit to the end there i'd say that in the future if someone wants to tell more iron man stories if we're in an mcu uh maybe not even straight cinematic we're also talking disney plus shows where people can do things like i just want to do like like 25 episodes of grant morrison's run of the new x-men like amazing cool that's going to be a new story or i just want to do someone else's iron man run recast iron man put him on the screen be like this is Gendy Tartovsky's Iron Man because I can't think of another author's name right now who does TV shows and stuff and that would be a hilarious Iron Man comic by the way um, but you know someone else wants to do their own Iron Man and they can title it as such just like the Robert Pattinson Batman mm-hmm. and give us more Iron Man if they feel like it they don't need to bring our old Iron Man back to do it yeah. we don't, wouldn't even have to wait that long with Iron Man and we're sitting here pouring our hearts out telling you not to bring him back but if you wanted to make a different Iron Man somewhere else on the screen i'd be okay with that like just there's options there's options yeah, you don't option, have to resurrect Ironheart, people and then after that there's no other options mm-hmm. you need somebody in a stupid metal suit because it has no superpowers and is basically fucking useless aside from being in a fucking hey i heard roadie's available yeah dude, yeah you've already got like five other guys <laughs> plus another the suit's character it's not important he's rich Okay, that is everything that we have for the show this week. I know this is a stupidly complicated nerd issue that we've been debating for way too long, but I thought it was a lot of fun. I wanted to do something super fun and casual for us coming back after having taken a week off. If you have opinions about any of the things that we've been talking about today, Tony, where can they find us? At the Surly Nerd on Twitter, info at the is our email address, the is our website, uh, donate button on there, or patreon.com slash the Nerd. Join uh, everyone else on our Patreon that is currently enjoying uh, some X Men talk. Or not, sorry, not X Men talk. That's yeah. a thing we have to do later. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy. Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy talk. talk. X Men's yeah. the next one we have to do. Nah. Yeah. There we go. All right. That's everything that we have for the show this Spoiler. week. We are right around the corner from episode 400. Wow. This is, yep. that's the thing that we are doing until next week for Boy. Tony. This is James. For James this is Tony. And I'm Hector. Adventurers. Good night. And good game.